faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Hey there, welcome to this week's edition of The Insane Things We've Never Seen Before version of the Battleground America podcast. Let's dive right in. The most insane thing we've never seen before this week. I'm going to front load it because it's so insane. Here we go. The container crisis. You probably know at some level in your gut, the Democrats did this. You just haven't figured out how yet. I've spent the last couple of weeks trying to figure that out. It didn't happen under Trump. And now all of a sudden, in the middle of Biden chaos, there it is. Well, it turns out the Democrats did it. In fact, they can stop at any time they want, and they're not. Here's what's really causing it. And no, it's not COVID or climate change. It's a law passed in the state of California that mandates that all semi-trucks that drive in the state have to be upfitted at an insane, quite frankly, insane emissions level to fight climate change and all. Well, the problem with that is no truck over the age of three years meets that current standard. In fact, virtually all of the private owner-operator trucks in the country and half of the fleet trucks that are used for moving containers across the nation are shut out. So that's more than 50% of the nation's trucks can't pick up in California anymore. And those were our main ports. What are Democrats doing about it? In a faux press conference to offer faux non-working solutions this week, Joe Biden did something that won't make any difference at all. He said he'll staff those forts 24 hours a day. Those guys will just end up playing solitaire, bored out of their minds, because that is not the problem. The actual problem is that what companies are having to do is pick up those containers with whatever emissions compliant trucks they can find, and they're ultra expensive, and drive them to the California state line, where the containers are then offloaded and then onloaded into non-emissions compliant trucks. That process takes a long time, and it's a logistical nightmare. And so the containers began to back up, first close to the California border, then at the seaports, till eventually the ships were left just hanging off the coast, idling. All of it has caused the cost of that container shipping per container to go up by a factor of 10. This is a man-made disaster. It could have been avoided. In fact, it was during the Trump administration. When the EPA put the brakes on the implementation of this very bad law in California. But after Trump lost, the EPA began to override him starting in October of 2020 and enforced the rule. There's a long congressional thing, but basically there was a law that says the EPA can enforce state environmental regs. That's why they're doing it. Bottom line, Joe could do what Trump did. He could have his EPA not enforce it, not do it, stop it in a myriad of ways. They just choose not to. This is a Democrat-created disaster. But why don't they just take them to other ports? Well, they could, but here's the problem. It's 14 days on average to ship from Shanghai to any of the California ports. If you want to go through the Panama Canal and loop it around up to New York, well, that's 28 days. In other words, it doubles your costs. And there's another problem. The Panama Canal is already backed up anyway. There's a wait to get through there. If those other ships pile on top of it, that 28 days will grow. In other words, 
you're pretty much screwed, no matter what direction you want to go. That's why Florida Governor Ron DeSantis this week, understanding what the real problem is, offered to take those ships in Florida. And he can, but the problem is they'll still have to go through the Panama Canal, which will back up more and more and more. Is this just more moronic Democrat climate change legislation, the results of which they couldn't foresee, so they oopsie mess stuff up? I don't think so. Couldn't have seen it coming? Again, don't think so. Don't understand what's causing it? Nope, don't believe that either. I think it's deliberate. I think they want it. Here's how you know. Remember the stunning statement by Kamala Harris, our vice president, all the way back in August? I made a huge deal about this at the time. When she bizarrely, out of nowhere, with a big smile on her face, you should see the video announced that you ought to go ahead and buy your Christmas presents now because you weren't going to be able to get them. At the time, the situation had barely begun. How did she know it was coming? Because this was planned. Listen to her lie about what's causing it. Again, this was back in August. If you want to have Christmas toys for your children, it might now might be the time to start buying them because the delay may be many, many months. And of course, the climate crisis is fueling um, a lot of this. When we look at the stronger typhoons that have disrupted shipping lanes and uh, sea level rise, which threatens uh, port infrastructure as an example. Uh, So these are the many issues that that are causing these disruptions. She said it at a business roundtable. She already knew it was coming. Why do they want this? I don't know, but it clearly shows they intend to drive inflation. These shipping costs will drive the cost way up over even the inflation I documented that's coming in yesterday's podcast. One listener suggested that the Democrats might be planning to use it as an excuse to gain federal control over our supply system. Maybe. But whatever the case, this is orchestrated. They knew it was coming. And that's chilling. There's another upside for the Democrats, too, because major shippers from Amazon to Walmart, UPS, FedEx, Samsung, the Home Depot and Target all took actions years ago, long before COVID, which has nothing to do with this because they knew this day was coming. They literally spent billions rebuilding their delivery systems to go around it. So who gets hurt? The mom and pops, the smaller sellers, the people who sell off websites. Who profits? The same people who always profit under Democrats. The big guys who donate. Getting hurt? Once again, mainstream America. It's like one big money transfer to the billionaire elites, which is exactly how the Democrats work. I think there's something else going on here. And I think we're not going to like it once we figure out where they're going with this. Which leads us to insane thing number two. Somebody in leadership finally told the American people that our dollar is about to be destroyed by Washington. If they keep printing money, we're kaput, and our economy will go down with it. Who was it? Some leader in the Republican Party? Oh, heck no. Democrat leader? Nah. Some big-talking head on Fox News? Nope. Only one world-caliber leader has leveled with the American people, the way I did on yesterday's Battleground podcast, about the inflation that's coming and about the damage to the dollar, Perhaps the demise of the dollar that's coming if we don't stop. Shockingly, that leader was Vladimir Putin, who warned the American people this week in a CNBC interview that Washington is, quote, killing the dollar as reserve currency, unquote, with uncontrolled money printing, which is what's fueling our inflation. Try to find anybody 
Who will tell it to you that straight in our leadership? Okay, Rand Paul, maybe occasionally. But I mean, in leadership, there's nobody. Nobody has spelled it out for the American people, which is astonishing. On yesterday's podcast, we talked about how the New York Post broke the story that Moody's says that the inflation that's already occurred is costing American families an average of 175 bucks extra in bills. Isn't it astonishing that nobody, no talking head on no business or television network anywhere has said, hey, okay, let's do the math. If we spend $3.5 trillion more, how much a month will that cost Americans on top of the 175? Nobody's done it. Only Putin is raising the alarm. It's chilling. Our dollar right now, miraculously, is still the world's reserve currency. That's where a lot of its value comes from. It's actually overinflated. It was the world's most stable currency. And so to do international business deals, people would change their currency into dollars. The deal would be done in those and then they would change back. That causes artificial demand for the dollar. And most fuel, oil, natural gas transactions were done that way, too. Putin warned CNBC and the American people, quote, for the first time, probably in history, inflation in the United States is growing at a rate that has not happened. Now, you've got to understand, for 30 years, Vladimir Putin has coveted for Russia to have the reserve currency, for the ruble to be that reserve currency, has even worked with and admitted out loud that is the goal of China and Russia, to take the reserve currency and the printing press from us. So it's remarkable what he just said in that CNBC interview. Quote, if the policy of the American authorities continues, then we will not have to do anything. The U.S. will itself undermine confidence in the dollar. He said for now, Russia still transaction the dollar, but they're not going to be able to do it forever. He said, and this is, he's telling you what the other world leaders are saying. He's telling the American people. It's remarkable. Quote, everyone is now asking the question, what next? What will the U.S. economic authorities do with this colossal debt? What will they do? Carry out some manipulation of the dollar? Lower its value? What are we doing? Putin spelled it out in this message to the American people. The U.S. is basically, quote, sawing off the branch they're sitting on, Putin said, quote, by undermining the dollar's dominance as the global reserve currency for the sake of short term political gain at home, but harming their strategic economic interests in the long term. He was very clear on who is doing this. It's not COVID. It's not some banker somewhere, although they're culpable, too. It's Washington, he said. The very thing you won't even hear from Republican leadership or most of your congressmen. Why would Putin tell us this if his goal is to destroy the dollar and dethrone the U.S. as the world's lone superpower? Because he's so confident that we won't do anything about it and that our leaders will betray us that he can tell us exactly what they're doing and it won't make one iota of difference. Al-Qaeda did the same thing this week. It's insane thing number three. They're so confident that our leaders will betray us to Al-Qaeda's advantage, that our leaders will do nothing to stop them, that they went ahead and announced the next 9-11, that it will happen on our soil, that our borders no longer protect us, and that they're coming right over those borders, right for us. And there's nothing standing between us and them. They're not wrong. Just so confident our leaders won't stop them that they feel comfortable pre-announcing it. Ibrahim Al-Kusi was the perfect one to record the video because Obama let him out 
of Guantanamo Bay back in 2012, announcing he'd been rehabilitated. Guess it didn't take. It took him less than two years to rejoin Al-Qaeda. Now he says he's helping to plan the next 9-11. Great. Actually, the video message was pretty profound because I could have written it myself. It was pretty deep. It was called a message to the American people. You have yet to understand the lesson. He's not wrong about that. The greatest loss America has suffered, he says, besides its material and human losses, is its reputation and prestige as a superpower and the most powerful country in the world. And what has caused this loss and their victory in Afghanistan, he explained, and he's not wrong about this either, is that Americans have not understood the essence of this religion, Islam, and the nature of the conflict. He refers constantly in the video to bin Laden's teachings, the ones from Saudi Arabia. That's important because in Islam, if there is jihad going on, you must partake in it or you won't go to heaven to be with Allah. It is required. The only way to heaven with Allah is through jihad. You can't be good or pray or tithe or be a faithful servant. You can only get there through jihad. But what is jihad? A lot of jihad is illegitimate. You're not required, for instance, to go... Follow some nut on Twitter because he says he's conducting jihad. But when there are signs, and there would be bin Laden taught, when there are signs from Islam, one of the signs would be that the Jadin would be able to beat enemies that had overwhelming advantages and used overwhelming force. That Allah would make them bend down and bow down and that they would even bow down and give the Mujahideen, the Islamic fighters, their weapons. Do you see what just happened? What does this mean to them? When Joe left behind the $65 billion worth of weapons, it was the fulfillment of Osama bin Laden's prophecy. Proof that this is legitimate jihad, which they have no choice then but to join. I cannot emphasize in the words I know how catastrophic that recruitment message is. It's like none other they've ever had. I was waiting for this video. I knew it was coming. I said it on my show. This will fulfill bin Laden's prophecy and they will come in numbers we've never seen before to train in Afghanistan. They won't have any choice. They'll be poor sheep herders and people with graduate degrees and they'll come anyway. It closed with one final chilling message about how open our borders are now. Oh, Americans, let it be known to you that the Mujahideen today are not limited to borders. And they can move from any part of the world to execute what they wish to deter your opposition. Every Muslim on the face of the earth is, in fact, now an enterprising Mujahideen. He's not wrong. The coming attacks will not be a carbon copy of the 9-11 attacks, he said. They'll be much worse, and they will be on our soil. Remind me again who Joe Biden and pretty much our whole intel apparatus in this country is busy fighting. According to the intelligence community, terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland today. Not ISIS, not al-Qaeda, white supremacists. It gets worse because remember those 7,000 terrorists that Joe Biden left behind who were imprisoned and kept for years on Bagram Air Force Base 
in Afghanistan, one of whom, after he was released by the Taliban on August 15th, conducted that suicide bombing at the Kabul airport that killed our 13 troops. Yeah, he was just one. Many of them are internationally wanted terrorists. Joe left them behind for the Taliban to free. That was in August, on August 15th. Where are they now? The Biden administration getting a stark warning from one lawmaker who says the prisoners being released by the Taliban in Afghanistan could be heading towards our homeland. And a top House Republican is warning of an urgent terror threat to the United States after the Taliban released thousands of prisoners from Bagram Air Base in Afghanistan. Now that's including the suicide bomber that killed 13 U.S. service members. Congressman Tom McClintock telling Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas that he's concerned that those newly free individuals could attempt to enter the country through our southern border. Now on to insane thing. Number four, the number of deaths from the vaccine now reported to the VAR system. A shocking. Are you ready for this? You might want to sit down. 16,000. 310 deaths after COVID shot so far, with 5,326, that's 33%, occurring on day zero, one, or two after the vaccination, and a total of 778,000 total adverse events. VAERS, you'll remember, was created by Congress. It's run by the CDC, and it tracks vaccine adverse events. It was put in place after a very deadly shot killed a lot of kids in the 1970s. It's supposed to be an early warning system. It's not perfect. Some of those deaths will no doubt be debunked or found to be merely coincidental. That always happens. But the fact remains, this is the largest number of deaths ever reported to VARES in 30 years. A larger number of deaths than ever reported in 30 years for every previous shot combined. And it's only happened over 10 months. That comes from the VAERS site, but also from an editorial by U.S. Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. He wants the madness to stop and a real debate about what's going on here. Meanwhile, remember that FOIA for Fauci's emails, Dr. Anthony Fauci's emails? You know, the guy who says the shot is totally safe and all. Well, his wife, is a bioethicist at the NIAID, where he also works. That's actually really unethical because she was the one charged with reviewing his investments in the Wuhan lab, which, as we know, was a bioweapons facility operated by the communist Chinese. In Fauci's email thread, and he emails back and forth on government email a lot, apparently, with his wife. Another guy who works at the NIAID sent him a copy of a New York Post article about how 23 people in Norway had died of the shot, the Pfizer shot. Fauci forwarded that New York Post article to his wife. Her only response, one word, yikes. That was in January of 2021. Less than four days later, he would go on CNN and assure the country the shot was totally safe. But this is what they really think behind closed doors. It's insane and shocking. Which brings us to insane thing number five. The federal government saying, stop taking aspirin. It could harm you. That would be the same federal government that advised seniors for over a decade to take low-dose aspirin daily to prevent heart disease. What medical advice are they getting wrong now? And finally, we wrap the podcast and the week with insane thing number six. 
It's been nearly a month since Politico verified stunning evidence of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's crimes. Specifically, they're the first in the mainstream media to come out and say three things. The laptop was real. It's not Russian disinformation. Oh, and that email on the laptop, the one about how 10% goes to the big guy, that was legit too. Well, there's a problem because Hunter Biden laundered that money, that bribery money. We know that for a fact because we know he took it and that he didn't report it to the IRS. If it was given to Joe, Joe committed a felony too. It's concrete acknowledgement that it happened, that it's real. But what is stunning is that no one's ever asked Joe about it, nor has the mainstream media reported much about it in the almost month since it ran. Why was Politico even allowed to break the story? Well, Politico and Business Insider are owned by a German guy. He's a liberal, but he's not American. This week, the sister publication, Business Insider, after Politico was ignored by our corrupt journalism class, hit him again with another article about Joe's corruption and why it might be illegal and why you should pay attention. The media ignored it again. That set Fox News media critic Joe Concha over the edge. When you think about it, you can look back a year later. So let me get this straight. The New York Post, the oldest daily publication in the country, has this bombshell report with the receipts as far as Hunter Biden's emails and him using the family name to peddle influence and enrich himself and possibly a future president. And you couldn't even share the story on social media that, that, that Twitter would actually lock you out of your account. They locked the New York Post even out of their account just for going ahead with the story that turned out to be true. I mean, it's incredible. And again, if this was Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump doing the same thing that Hunter Biden did, I have a feeling that story wouldn't be squashed. And, and Hunter Biden now acts, when you watch him in interviews, like he has protection from the mob uh, because he can't be whacked. That, that's actually true. He's the third rail of journalism, Jillian and Todd, and the Biden Justice Department will make damn sure that he isn't touched. We know for a fact Kanja doesn't have that wrong. Because remember, on that same, it turns out not Russian disinformation laptop. Hunter Biden recorded himself. He is a man, he said, for whom there is no consequence, at least not in this world. What is the soul of a man with no consequence in sight? It's almost as if he wishes someone will stop him, but no one will. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Battleground America podcast. Please subscribe and share with friends and family everywhere. with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening.